Desmond Tutu once wisely said, there's only one way to eat an elephant. What's that way? If you said one bite at a time, you'd be correct. How do you get things done? How do we get the impossible accomplished? My name is Philip Brown. And I'm Stephanie Panu, and this is PS Talks Co-op, the podcast and talk show for management co-op students at U of T Scarborough. Hello, Stephanie. Happy Friday. How are you? Happy Friday. I was going to ask you how you are. So how are you doing today? Well, I think a Canadian phrase is fair to Midlands. You know, I don't know where (laughs) that comes from. I'm feeling great. Now you can say how you're doing. I'm very excited. I think we have a great show today. And I do have to note, we are not telling you to actually eat an elephant. Just want to throw that out there, especially for vegetarians like me. We are not eating an elephant, but we want to talk about how you get things done that seems so insurmountable, so huge, like an elephant. Are you a procrastinator, Stephanie? Or you look at a task, you go right to it, you just get it done? I am a procrastinator when it's something that I don't want to do. But when it's something that I do want to do, I'm like, there, I'm doing it right away. I fall under both boats. What about you? I'm more of a good enough type of person. Right now, we have a lot of students who are still seeking work. Students out there, come on. We're not giving up on you. If you're still seeking a job for the summer, it is not over. But how do you maintain school, a full course load for many students, researching jobs, mock interviews, applying for jobs, and still have time to rejuvenate your own self? Like, how do you do that? I mean, why don't you think students apply to jobs? I'm talking about applying to jobs, but it could be any task. Any ideas, Stephanie? One reason that comes to mind that I think I've had students express to me before is that their documents just don't seem ready enough. It doesn't seem perfect. They haven't gone and gotten two or three or four resume checks yet. So it's that sense of, well, I'm not going to apply to this job because I wouldn't get it anyways, even if I did apply because my documents aren't good. I've heard the same thing. Over the years with students in our program are highly accomplished students, and they've got through high school and maybe a few years of university doing extremely well. If you're at a school in our program, you're a strong student as far as I'm concerned. The downside is sometimes we tend to not overthink, but need a certain standard. If it doesn't meet that standard, no one's going to want to take a look at it. I felt that way about a few things. Can you think about something in your life where you felt, well, I don't want to show it to anybody because it doesn't meet a certain standard. Even in work life too, like, you, you know, when you think about it and you want to make sure it's the best, the best, the best, but then who is the judge of what's the best? Like you're putting that pressure sort of on yourself. It's not someone else saying that this is the level of what perfect is. It's you putting that pressure on yourself. So I think it comes up in a lot of things and like not just job search, but I think it can really come into play when it comes to job search, especially if you're a first work term student, you haven't even really had a job experience or anything like that. So you might think, well, what's the point? There's nothing on my resume. And you just kind of hold back. If you're not applying to a job, then you equally don't have that opportunity. Whereas if you do apply to that job, you might have that window. Even if you think you're not great, there might be that window there, that door of opportunity. Whereas you're completely shutting that door if you don't put your documents out there to begin with. That's so true. Full disclosure, I'm not a gamer. I don't play a lot of the complex you know those games? Do you play those well, fantasy style games? Don't make fun because I love Zelda, especially the new, I'm waiting, <laughs> I'm waiting for the new Zelda to come out. In my scenario, the gamers got it right. Because often what gamers do when they create these games, they, it's something called a minimum viable product. They put it out, even though it's not complete. 
they know the game has holes in it, has flaws, but they released the game in a beta version anyways. And people like you, Stephanie, the Zelda followers, the passionate people, are the early adopters. And you get out and play the game, what do you do if it's not working right? You contact the company or you post on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> you do. And companies get all this information and they're able to make changes as they go. If they wait for that game to be perfect, it'd be 2025 before you see Zelda again, Stephanie. And I know you can't wait that long. It's, it's felt like that long so far, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Think about what's in your life. What game are you not releasing out to the public? It doesn't have to be perfect before you get it out there. I've looked at hundreds, probably at this point, thousands of job descriptions. And there's one constant thing that is not on every job description. Any thoughts, Stephanie? We never ask you to be perfect. Did I get that one right? Have we worked too long together? (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely correct. Now, one job says student must be perfect. So if they don't expect you to be perfect, it's a signal to you because this idea of perfectionism versus good enough, sometimes we obsess and we use perfectionism a way to not get things done. You know, if my room can't be perfectly clean, what's the point in starting, right? You know, I've been trying to work out a little bit during the pandemic. Do you work out, Stephanie? No. <laughs> We've talked about this, I think, before. I have the vision in my head of I'm going to do this, but I don't. We're looking at habit versus intentions, right? We have this intention to work out. And I think resume and cover letters and activities are like that too. So I used to try to go to the gym many years ago, three days a week. Any ideas how that worked for me? If you said you used to do this, I'm assuming you don't do this anymore and it didn't work out for you. It didn't work out because it really wasn't part of my day. So on a Monday, if I didn't feel like it, it's cold, it's damp, I'm not feeling it. I'll do it on Tuesday. What do you think happened on Tuesday, Stephanie? Well, you still have more days of the week to push your three days. So my (laughs) assumption is, oh no, well, Tuesday, I just don't feel that great. So maybe I'll do it Wednesday. I can still go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it just sort of flowed that I couldn't do it every day, but I tried to change my habit just so I could work out every day. I did it every day. And sometimes it's 15 minutes and sometimes it's 20 minutes and sometimes a half an hour, but I build in that time is something I do every single day. When we look at it in terms of applying to a job or applying to jobs, you know, you can apply to the same amount of jobs in three days that you did in five days, as long as you become diligent about it. The trick is, if I'm hearing you correctly, is to find what works and build it in. Make it dedicated. Dedicate that time. You've moved me a little bit, Stephanie. If you're a three-day-a-weeker, that's fine with me. Three-day-a-weekers, you are welcome here, too. But build it into those three days. It's not, I intend to do it. It is going to be done those three days a week. And if you're a seven-day-a-weeker, jump on my board. And the point is, finding what rhythm works for you and make it part of your day. And don't be so hard on yourself. Stephanie, suppose you had a boss and this boss called you up at four o'clock in the morning and said, you are the worst worker in the world, Stephanie. Would you believe it? I know you're not the worst worker in the world. I work with you, so I know (laughs) that. But suppose they called you on your cell phone, you're in your bed, four o'clock in the morning and said, you're not smart. You've made these 10 mistakes during the day. You smell bad and they offered you no solutions to these issues and just hung up the phone at four o'clock in the morning. Would you work for this person, Stephanie? Definitely not. (laughs) Like, no question. No, neither would I. But is that what we do to ourselves? Is that what we do when we lie in our beds and we're telling ourselves, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you can't do this, why bother even trying? If you're going to be the boss, you got to change the way your boss talks to you. And maybe that 
can get you motivated and get you moving to do the things that are important to you. We're all looking for the life hacks, right? We're all looking for those shortcuts. The resume writing process and the job search process, there really isn't a hack to it. Nobody's saying that it's fun. Nobody likes doing this. If you like doing this, great. I'm very impressed. Please tell us if you <laughs> yes, like doing please, it. Yes, <laughs> please, please let us know if you like doing it and you can write mine. No, there isn't a life hack. It is something that you just kind of plug through. We don't often talk about numbers on the podcast or how many applications it takes to get a job or to get an interview or anything like that, but it can range. It's not a specific number for, a, you know, a stat for every single person. We know that there's some students who will apply to two jobs and get an interview, or there's some students who may apply to 10 jobs and get an interview. Again, we're stressing that if you're not applying to the jobs, there's a 100% chance that you're not going to get that interview. You bring up a really good point about the numbers for different people. If I told you, Stephanie, it's going to take you 60 applications to get a job, do you think you could do it? You know, if I had that number in my mind, it would seem very looming. And I'd feel that pressure of, okay, well, I have to get 60 because if I don't get 60, if I do 59, then I'm no, not getting that's a not job. Good it would be nice to have that as a frame of reference, but it also might kind of just seem huge. Like this is a lot of work to do. You're absolutely right. I know you're an organized person. You chunk it out. And when you hit 59, you'd be saying to yourself, okay, Philip Brown, one more. And 60, lo and behold, you apply, you get to the interview, you get a job. The best part of my life, when I've had successes on things, I'm working towards a goal. I believe it will happen. I have to work towards that goal. You brought up a good thing about the structure of the resume. What needs to be on it? Well, first of all, you want your heading, you want your name, you want your contact information. I think that would be the most important part of a resume. We often talk about summary of qualifications. I think that is an important thing on a resume, but it's also in general, it's looking at the job that you're applying to and seeing how your skills can be applied to that job. I know it's difficult to customize every resume, but it is important. And I think that you can find a way to do it effectively. I've had some students who think about all of the skills that they have and they kind of put it in like a Word document. So then when they're creating their summary of qualifications, it's like, okay, well, this job needs this analytical skill. So I'm going to pull from that batch of things and then just plug and paste and kind of do that in my resume. So it is possible to life hack it. <laughs> Dude, that's but, a good hack. Yeah, that's a good hack. But I don't know, Philip, what else can be in a resume? I mean, I think you hit all the key parts and Two things I want to say about this. I look through resumes all the time. You know what's missing all the time? You. You're missing. Put a little bit of you because often what's missing from every document is a little piece of you in there. So you're a real person. There are techniques. There are different ways you can do that. Our student development coordinators are here on campus to help you. Academic advising in the Career Center will also provide support. We have career coaches who can provide support. We have several different people providing support. I get my resume looked at before I send it out, and I'm slightly older than some of the students. I would strongly suggest, even if you think it's perfect, that could be the one tip that puts you over the top. So we're here for you, we're here to support you. A lot of people don't know this about Stephanie, that she works a lot with data. One of the things I wanted to ask you is, how many applications should I put in before I get an interview? Do you have any guesses on those numbers right now? Generally, I mean, it could be as high as five applications to one interview. I know we've discussed depends on the person, but you know, we're looking at interviews. So further from that, you want to be able to convert that interview into a job. I would expect that we're looking at a little bit more than just five applications. Did you tell me that for every five applications I put out, I'm going to get four rejections? Did I hear you correctly? Yeah, 80% of the time you're being rejected. What do we do about that? Is that just the process? How does one handle all that rejection? I think it's 
also a little bit comfortable knowing too, though, that you're not the only person that is getting rejected 80% of the time. We always talk about, but there is that window, there's that 20% of chance that you won't get rejected. So I think that's kind of the goal that we're always pushing for. It's something that people have to deal with job search. And they're not really rejecting you. From understanding you, they're just re rejecting the application. They don't know you. <laughs> so it's not personal. They don't know you. They're just rejecting the application. At the same time, you don't want to pump out like 200 applications in a week because that's not helping anyone. Especially if we work with that conversion and you're getting one interview per five jobs. I don't think you want to go on that many interviews. If you're dejected and you're feeling down, it's real. You should mourn that rejection and turn that dejection as best as you can into action. It's a reasonable response to feel sad about these things, but it's not going to get you where you want to go and where you're meant to go. Where I believe every student is meant to be the success that they're meant to have. Sometimes, Stephanie, we evaluate too early, right? I woke up this morning, gloomy skies sometimes. Is it a good day or a bad day, Stephanie? have a great day we just don't know what's going to happen we don't know what's going to happen so don't evaluate too soon last week we talked about trusting the process trust the process within yourself you have people in the co-op office here stephanie any closing words yeah you know we touched upon booking appointments with coordinators just want to say that you know they are available and everyone is very much here for you and see everyone on the team if you can because everyone has different perspectives it's always good to get different points of view in terms of your job search. Hopefully, you perfectionists out there know that you don't have to be perfect. And hopefully, your good enough people out there know that getting things done is the most important thing. I wish you all the best. We're here to support. I'll see you on my site visits. All right, take care. I'm Philip Brown. And I'm Stephanie Panu. Thanks so much for listening. This episode of PS Talks Co-op was produced by Ananya Kowakalu, with editing also by Ananya. Special thanks to the entire management co-op department, and especially to Philip Brown and Stephanie Panu. Okay, students, it's awards season in management. Our 2020 management awards were just announced. That's work term recognition, top co-op employer and supervisor of the year, management students of the year, and more. We couldn't be prouder of you, every one of our students, and congratulations to all of our award winners. To learn more, check out our new awards website, uofte.me slash mgmt dash awards.